Cause we got the alternative energy right. On a nuclear free autonomy And welcome to the Radioactive Show Produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne And heard nationally on the Community Radio Network My name is Greg Rolls Lizard's Revenge has wrapped up at Roxby Downs in South Australia Where more than 100 people took part in the four-day protest of all Against the large uranium mine Marawia Atoll Lest we forget. Lest we forget. Maralinga. Lest we forget. Lest we forget. Nevada Desert. Lest we forget. Lest we forget. Greenham Commons. Lest we forget. Lest we forget. Marshall Islands. Lest we forget. Lest we forget. Rum Jungle. Lest we forget. Lest we forget. Ranger Uranium Mine. Lest we forget. Lest we forget. Port Peary. Lest we forget. Lest we forget. Honeymoon. Lest we forget. Lest we forget. Mary Kathleen. Lest we forget. Lest we forget. Jabaluka. Lest we forget. Lest we forget. Woomera. Lest we forget. Lest we forget. Beverly. Lest we forget. Lest we forget. That's from Izzy Brown's YouTube footage of people at Lizard's Revenge reading out the names of victims of uranium, the uranium industry, and the nuclear industry. And now uh, the Olympic Way, the main road in and out of the mine, was successfully shut down for at least four days, according to media reports. Police moved in a few days later and uh, forcefully moved to the sacred fire and protesters off of the road uh, accusations there against the police of rough handling and overuse of force. The radioactive shows Gem and Crunch were at Lizards, and I'm sure we'll be hearing more about 2016's Lizard Revenge uh, from them over the next few weeks with some great shows of theirs coming up. And we'll be hearing from someone who went to Lizards, Meg. Uh, we'll be talking to her a little bit later in our show. In news from Iraq, the end of Ramadan, the holiest month of Islam, uh, was marked when a bomb went off in the district of Karada in Baghdad. 121 people were killed and nearly 200 people were wounded. Unlike previous attacks in Belgium, France or Turkey, there was no rush by Western media to show solidarity with the victims. I could not find anywhere on Facebook the Iraqi flag on anyone's profile photo and no hashtags have sprung up. This attack was the seventh large bombing of victims in Iraq this year in the wake of instability created by the Western invasion of Iraq in 2003. In news from the United Kingdom, the Chilcot Report was released on Wednesday evening. The report was part of a long-running investigation by Sir John Chilcott as appointed by the United Kingdom Parliament to look to investigate the Iraq War and the UK's role within the Iraq War. The report slammed the UK's involvement in the 2003 invasion of Iraq. The report found amongst many other things that the UK's actions undermined the authority of the United Nations. The rush to war cost the lives of millions of people and created mass instability. The report found that the arguments uh, that Iraq was building weapons of mass destruction were unsubstantiated and the military option was definitely not used as a last resort. In 2001, before the 9-11 attacks in New York, the UK was concerned about a nuclear war between Pakistan and India, but never considered using military force.
We go now to an excerpt of Tony Blair's uh, long response to the Chilcot Report and what he had to say. This is Tony Blair, former Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. I come to this important point. Is the world safer or less safe as a result of the removal of Saddam in 2003? The report never deals with this issue in specific terms. But again, with respect to inquiry, this issue has to be debated if we are to reach a conclusion on the wisdom of the judgment I made. I ask that fair-minded people at least consider the following. That was the former Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, Tony Blair, talking about his decision to take Iraq to war in 2003. Tony Blair never once apologises for leading the United Kingdom to Iraq, and more importantly, as again of note, no one apologises to the people of Iraq. And when it comes to asking the question, is the world safer without Saddam Hussein around, no one thought to talk to the families of the Iraqis killed or the Iraqi dead themselves to ask them how they felt with their severe wounds or with their dead family members, whether they thought the world or Iraq was a safer place thanks to the US-led invasion of 2003, or the sanctions that killed many of Iraq's poorest people in the in the years between 1991 and 2003. No one thought to ask the children who died without medical attention or the many poor people who starved to death during those sanctions. No one thought to ask them if they thought the world was a safer place in uh, post the invasion of Iraq. Australia is yet to run or even look like having an Iraq war increase. It is, of course, notable that we just had an eight-week-long election campaign and no one has looked at Australia's interventions, military interventions around the world. Uh, that includes in Afghanistan, where many hundreds of thousands of people have been killed and we've been occupying the country now for the last 15 years and it looks like we're not leaving anytime soon because we can't. Uh, and it looks like uh, you know there's going to be no investigation into the decision-making or no public investigation, at least nothing accountable and transparent into anything around the decision-making process to send troops to Iraq or Afghanistan or indeed any other future US-led war. Australia still does not get a parliamentary vote if the Prime Minister decides that they are going to send troops to a US-led war in the future. They just get to go ahead and do it. Australia needs an Iraq war inquiry and we need one urgently. The fact that we haven't had one says says a lot about our disconnect from the military force that we spend all this money building and uh, all this money building and uh, our lack of transparency with the victims of war around the world who we have uh, murdered or wounded or whose families we've hurt. And this uh, not only costs the victims of war, it also costs Australian money and it also costs us, uh, you know, in our health as well in terms of uh, things we could be looking after ourselves in health and education and instead we're spending money on war. We need an Iraq, Iraq war inquiry like the Chilcot report. We need a people's inquiry into the war in Iraq and we desperately need to hear from the Iraqi voices who are affected by that as well. My name is Greg Rolls and you are listening to The Radioactive Show where we're looking at news pieces throughout the week on the issues of nuclear, sustainability, war and peace. In other news, the White House has 
released a report which claims that up to 116 civilians have been killed by drones and other US strikes in Pakistan, Yemen, Somalia and Libya since Barack Obama took office in January of 2009, a figure that has been slammed by human rights watchdog groups as an underestimation who suggests that the real figure could be as high as 1,100 people. Published by the Director of National Intelligence on Friday, the report said that between January 20, 2009 and December 31, 2015, the United States carried out 473 strikes, which killed up to 2,581 quote-unquote combatants and anywhere from 64 to 116 civilians. The civilian casualties disclosed in the report were from nations not recognised as battlefields and did not reflect US air attacks in areas of active, host- as areas of ho- active hostilities. This is newspeak for saying they bombed countries where they weren't at war. So they're not talking about civilian deaths in Afghanistan, Iraq or Syria, where they've officially declared that they're going to war and conducting military operations. They're talking about places where they're not officially at war and they're just stirring up trouble and killing lots of innocent people. Watchdog and human rights groups have long claimed the US administration does not know how many civilians it has killed and does not do enough to prevent civilian casualties when carrying out counterterrorism operations. Uh, Reprieve, an international human rights organisation, which is where I'm reading this report from, said that the US government's previous statements about the drone program have proved to be false by its own internal documents. It said that Obama administration has shifted the goalposts on what counts as civilian to such an extent that any estimate may be far removed from reality. In US drone operations, reports suggest all military-age males and potentially women and children are considered enemies killed in action unless they can posthumously and conclusively prove their innocence. In other words, if you are killed in a drone strike and you are a male, and as the report just said, they're a female or possibly a child, aged between 15 and 60, uh, the only way that you're not going to be listed as an enemy combatant is if you can prove your innocence after you have died. So if you are killed by a drone strike and you think that that's a bit of bad luck or you think that's a miscarriage of justice, uh, what the uh, report is suggesting is that the US will listen to your objections after you've died. You can submit that to them and get your status changed from enemy combatant to innocent civilian. And because of these ridiculous, draconian, evil laws that the US uh, enforces and the way they you know, um, enact these laws in, in overseas countries uh, it means that there's lots of innocent civilians who are killed and we never know about them. Uh, it's really interesting to note that Australia's Pine Gap has uh, an interesting role to play in these drone strikes. In fact, they have an integral role to play. Pine Gap is a base just outside of Alice Springs. It is the US's main base in the Southern Hemisphere. There are There is another base, Waihopi, in New Zealand, and the Northwest Cape plays a role. But Pine Gap is the crux, the, the uh, diamond in the crown of the US murder program. It is responsible for... Uh, sending all the information from the drones, from the drones, uh, from the satellite and surveillance drones through to the US to tell the US where they can launch their drone strikes. The Australian military and the Australian government are also involved in what's called signature strikes. Now, many of us may have seen a movie or a TV where it looks like someone far away is watching a video camera of a suspected terrorist and a drone strike occurs to kill that suspected terrorist. 
but in fact, no positive ID really happens. Instead, what instead in signature strikes, patterns of behavior of suspected individuals are fed through a computer algorithm, and if the computer decides this person is likely a terrorist, they conduct drone strikes. Now, this doesn't need even even need to be a human being with, with a recognizable face and someone who looks a bit sus. Often, these are carried out from mobile phone signatures, hence the term signature strike. So, they if a mobile phone has called some suspicious numbers, numbers of people that are known as terrorists or are known as troublemakers in, in the region, they will track the phone. And if there's any changes to the phone's behavior, it looks like it might be planning something or just happens to, uh, you, you know, the person who owns the phone just happens to call their mother-in-law after they have not done so in a long time. And this is considered out of character. The computer system recommends a drone strike. In fact, the, in the US now, within the US administration on drone strikes, the debates now are not about whether or not computers should should play a larger role within these strikes, but whether or not human beings even need to play a role. And they're asking for human beings to be taken out of the loop and instead to set them what they call on the loop to monitor the computer process in, uh, in target selection and target in killing people and kind of Terminator-esque. But that's, that's the way these drones are going. And as a result, many, many innocent civilians are being killed. And of course, the more innocent civilians are being killed, the more people decide they want to take arm, arms up against the US and the more unstable you make your regions that you're trying to stabilize and provide a safe space for. And uh, this, these, these reports coming out of the US that um, grossly underestimate the number of civilians killed cannot be trusted and Australia needs to immediately shut down Pine Gap to withdraw itself from these kill chains and the killing of innocent people in their own homes who never did anything to us. Uh, we're going to go to a track now. This is uh, Star Wars by Combat Wombat, which mentions Pine Gap. And uh, if you're after more information about Pine Gap, you can go to closepinegap.org, which is a uh, group who are looking to go up to Pine Gap in September to draw more attention to it and hopefully close it down. That's closepinegap.org. Get on and have a look. Well, the Defence Minister of Australia, Robert Hill, says the government's continuing to talk to the US about Australia developing a missile defence system. Earlier this year, the government revealed it was considering whether a shield could be put in place to protect Australia against possible missile attacks. Star Wars. The Empire Strikes Back. War is terrorism. Star Wars. The Empire Strikes Back. War is terrorism. Star Wars. The Empire Strikes Back. War is terrorism. Star Wars. The Empire Strikes Back. The Empire strikes back to attack For what's it got to lose? Our bruise on the ego of the president And the residents Of the Pentagon's military defense Extravagance Undermined by the strife Of an Arab with a pen Not prepared to take his own life And everybody's home to roam End up pain created by capitalist gain Again, again, not another war Two score points on The imaginary scoreboard For those who can't afford Stars warring on CNN again Showdown of the lowdowns Dirty rap versus a dingbat He's all that in check shirt and writing chaps The emperor has no clothes There's no denying that Let's take the power back Without the flowers crap These motherfuckers got me ready to snap They only got their own back We take our own back 
cosmic fantasy as our dignities attack. Where you wanna end up, first place or last? Left suffocating as their rocket ship blasts. No life on Mars, but none here either. A global holocaust as they glide through the ether. I'm a believer, realist and truth seeker. Knowledge is power as it pumps through the speaker. Dismissal of a morally bankrupt leader is needed. Cause identities lie bleeding. Star Wars. The Empire Strikes Back. War is terrorism. Star Wars. The Empire Strikes Back. War is terrorism. terrorism. A CIA conspiracy. It might be, it's hard to see. A clear picture, just a fixture. At the end of the media, hype and tripe on the television. No clarity of vision. Is this World War Three? Is this a reality? We're living in, giving in, killing in each other. Ain't we learned from last time's crimes against humanity? Secretly exploiting the minority. Creating targets for revenge. Justification to avenge race, war, religious war. Did they tell you what you're fighting for? You seem to have forgotten. Uh, you're listening to the Radioactive Show. My name is Greg, and joining me now is Meg, who was at Lizard's Revenge. How are you going, Meg? I'm good. How are you? I'm great, thanks. Uh, you're currently in Adelaide. Uh, Lizard's Revenge has just finished up. Uh, how was it? What happened out there? It was pretty incredible. Um, it was the first Lizard's I've attended. Um, I didn't get to go to the first one, but... Um, yeah, the vibe there was incredible. Um, Uncle Kev is such a leader when it comes to when it comes to that fight, and um, all the organisers did an amazing job to get infrastructure from all over the country and put together a, an amazing camp. And um, yeah, we had some successful actions and really good media coverage. And what were you uh, trying to do out there yourself, Meg, or as a group? We were trying to stop operations, essentially. Um, so there was a few um, big act- actions that happened. Um, we did a, a zombie walk to the gates, mm. um, and there was a big flash mob that happened at the gates and some amazing speakers and... Um, yeah, we all had a big dance down there, and then uh, the day after, we did a um, quite a, a mournful parade back down to the gates, and um, almost like a funeral procession. And um, yeah, the the names of of everyone who's been, you know, lost their lives due to this indri- in, industry were read out, and um, some poetry to to you know remember them and um yeah that was that was pretty moving that whole experience hmm. yeah we pl- um and then we had that road blockade I, I don't know if you've seen the videos but we um blocked the main road into the mine for i think it was 17 hours in the end and how did you manage to blockade the road for 17 hours uh, we had a big um, a big fire on the road, like a um, a big campfire, and set up a food not bombs breakfast and lunch set up, and 
everyone kind of sat down there. We had bands and um, speeches, and there was a, a, a puppeteer performance and um, with poetry. And, yeah, yeah, we just kind of sat down there and um, held it off until about midnight when the police stormed the camp and put out the, put out the fire. And how many people were at the at the fire and at the uh, Lizard's Revenge camp? Um, there probably would have been over 300 in total. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to say because the camp was quite spread out. Um, but, yeah, definitely over 300. Um, and we probably had about 150 blockade the road. Wow, that's, that's um, a big blockade. Yeah, yeah, we kind of had to... Um, Two actions happen at the same time. Mm. One attempted blockade at the um, just near our camp, closer to the gates, and that kind of acted as a bit of a decoy. Mm. Um, and then the second blo- blockade further up the road was successful, and that's when they got the fire started. And um, yeah, we were, we managed to to sustain the fire for seventeen hours, even though the police were like not allowing us to put wood on it, and it was a bit of a struggle. Um, wow. Yeah, and what was the significance of the fire? Did it have one of any kind, or...? Um, yeah, well, I suppose just keeping that fire burning, it's like the, you know, the essence of the struggle, you know. Yeah, focusing on Aboriginal land rights, like Uncle Kev has been keeping that fire burning for for so long, and... Yeah, that's what we were there to do. Can you just um just a brief description of the relationship between the protesters and the uh and the indigenous people, the the people whose land the mine is on? Yeah, well, I think that the mine is um on um Gugatha country. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Mm-hmm. Gugatha and um the the water that comes to power, like to um that is used in the mine is taken from Uncle Kev Buzzcott's um, land. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so, like, he's been at the forefront of that campaign trying to, um, you know, stop the, the theft of, um, of the water that's um, kind of depleted the, the natural springs on his country. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's a long campaign. There, was, there were people there who actually were alongside Uncle Kev when they were trying to actually stop the mine being built in the first place. And, and wow. those people were back there again. Yeah, Liz um, bites back. So, yeah, it's, it's been going on for a long time. And, um, yeah, Uncle Kev is such an in, inspiring leader. Like, mm. he, his connection to that country and um, his love to his love for that country just keeps that fire burning and it's contagious, you know, like you just, you listen to Uncle Kev speak and, and you, you're motivated to do things. Wow. That sounds yeah. great, Meg. Thank you so much for joining us. Will you be going back to Lizards again if they have another one in the next few years? I think they'll definitely have another one. Um, Uncle Kev was talking yesterday Um about another another uh, lizards event. Don't know what it would be called at the <laughs> moment. Um, the lizards succeed, hopefully, or something like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll definitely 
definitely in it for the long haul. Mm. You know, like they're, they're destroying that country and we all know what comes out of the, the nuclear industry. Mm. Um, so, Death yeah, and destruction. I'll be in there for the long, long run. Great. Thank you so much for joining us today, Meg, and we wish you a safe journey home. Thanks so much. Nice to talk to you. Yeah, thank you. And that was Meg, who recently travelled to Lizard's Revenge at Roxby Downs. And like I said earlier, we're going to have uh, plenty of great shows and stories coming up on that on future editions of the Radioactive Show, thanks to Jem and Crunch. Just to announce now a quick community service announcement or two. On Thursday, July the 28th at 7pm, upstairs here at 3CR at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy, the documentary Fallout is going to be shown. It is described as a must-see documentary which details the writing and shooting of the movie On the Beach, which was a first a famous Australian novel by Neville Shute. Shute tells the ultimate story of human self-destruction through nuclear war in his best-selling novel. Uh, so this is the documentary about the making of the writing of the book and the making of the movie and shows us just how under threat we still are from nuclear catastrophe, devastation and stupidity. So that's at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy at 7pm and it's $10 to come and watch that great documentary, hang out with a local, uh, with, uh, you know, like-minded people and uh, contribute to the running of this great radio station. That's uh, 7 p.m. upstairs at 3CR on the 28th of July, $10 at the door to come in and see that great movie. Uh, My name is Greg Rolls. You're listening to the Radioactive Show. That was Meg, who recently travelled to Roxby Downs for the Lizard's Revenge Another fundraiser coming up is on the 17th of July at 4 o'clock at Grumpy's. It's Base Not Bombs. Grumpy's is at 125 Smith Street uh, in Melbourne. Uh, this will be an afternoon and night of hip-hop, reggae, dance, reggae, dance hall and jungle music to raise funds for the upcoming protest to close the US military base at Pine Gap. Pine Gap being instrumental, of course, in Australia's nuclear umbrella and our role in drone strikes, which, as I mentioned earlier, have killed lots of innocent people. All funds raised will go to the infrastructure required to maintain a week-long protest at the gates of Pine Gap. Uh, don't forget that website is closedpinegap.org. I'll just uh, name some of the uh, finest bass producers and DJs in Melbourne who will be attending. There's... Uh, uh, SK Simeon, Elf Transporter, Under, Unsound Boy, Lady Banton, Heptune, Dr. Kalamantan, DD Samar, uh, Night Nurse, and Joe Dubs. So it's Sunday, 7th July, 4 pm to late, $10 at the door. There'll be a tasty barbecue treats for you to buy. Join us for some bassy goodness at Grumpy's, 125 Smith Street, Collingwood. If you can't get to Alice Springs for the Close Pine Gap, uh, protest against uh, the unlawful killings of innocent people overseas, you can come and party at Base Not Bombs and help raise funds. Uh, My name is Greg Rolls. You have been listening to The Radioactive Show, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network, recorded on Mwandri land in Melbourne at the studios of 3CR Melbourne. My name is Greg Rolls. If you'd like to get in contact with the show, you can by emailing radioactiveshow dot the number three c r at gmail dot com dot au. Go to our website for the full podcast of this show and you can always stream us at three cr dot org dot au. 
If you're too busy to listen to 3CR Live, catch up on a podcast or audio on demand. At 3CR's website, www.3cr.org.au.